Welcome back to the Agzu Podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I feel so scared. Um, <laughs> for the real life working screenwriter, I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. As a reminder, Act Two is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of the many things we do. Thank you for joining us here. You could also head over to our website. We have an awesome store where you can buy cool things for writers in your life, including yourself, also for your agents and managers. It's a writer's store created by writers. Yeah. It's at act2writers.com. Also think about giving us a gift of a rating or a comment or subscribing. All of that kind of helps us get in front of other writers who might find this useful. But if you're a little shy, you can DM us with questions or topic suggestions at act2writers at gmail.com, which is all spelled out, or on Instagram or Twitter at act2writers. And I'm also on those things. I am Story Thursday on Instagram and Tasha 3.0 on Twitter. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. Merry Christmas, Tasha. Merry Christmas, Joshua. Or happy holidays or... <laughs> Whatever it is you celebrate this season, we are doing a few holiday episodes to just bring out the year in a jolly, easy yeah. spirit because who wants to listen to podcasts over the holiday? Yeah, anyway. unless you're escaping your family and you're like that Ben, ben Affleck picture where you're smoking the cigarette on the street. <laughs> you're like, oh, I just stressed out. I got to listen. No, to mom, I can't come in. I got to listen to this podcast. It's work. Yeah. So thank you for listening. What are we talking about today, Tasha? We are talking about Home Alone. Yes. And Home Sweet Home Alone. And specifically, yeah. we're going to narrow in and talk about the setups of those two movies, which are very, very different. And I'm not going to speak for you, Josh, but Home Alone, the original, the OG, is absolutely the superior movie. And we're going to talk about... You can speak about... for me. Yeah. Okay. You can definitely <laughs> speak for me. I know you really liked Home Sweet Home Alone. I just didn't know how much. <laughs> yeah, I did. So yeah, we're going to talk about the two setups and just talk about why the OG is a stronger. I, I, I would be shocked if there was anyone who would say Home Sweet Home Alone is like a stronger movie than Home Alone. <laughs> so I did narrow in on some things in Home Alone in this setup because it's so perfect and it just sets the stakes for the entire movie. And it does a lot of character things that I think is really interesting. And, you know, it's a wish fulfillment movie. And so if anyone's kind of writing that, there's some things that happen in... OG Home Alone that just they're so fucking good. So good. Do you want to launch into OG and then I'll kind of bring in the setup of Home Sweet Home Alone and we'll just sort of go from there? Yeah. Okay. So should I just talk about the setup here? Yeah. Okay. And again, the OG is going to have a little bit more of an extensive kind of thought process, I think, for me at least, because of how well th some things are done. So th the gist of why this is so great, we intro the cop right off the bat. Joe Pesci. We intro his family. We establish all of Kevin's problems. We establish they're going to France. We establish that Kevin's been fucking with the micro machines and he's really, uh, like they said, his aunt almost tripped on something. Mm -hmm. He's really handy with these little like fish hooks and all these other things. Uh, so he's capable. Kevin's a capable guy. I completely guy. forgot about the fish hook mention. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, so they set that up. It's just these little seeds that are planted. And then one of the, it's someone, the sister or cousin or whoever's like, you know, you're what the French call les incompetents. 
Beautiful. Edit that out. And, uh, and um, so he's incompetent. Uh, and then they comment like, oh, your mom packs your stuff anyway. And then we're kind of seeing more of Joe, Joe Pesci. Then we get the buzz dynamic. We see the tarantula. We see the South Bend shovel slayer outside, which no, we, so now we know that like Kevin's afraid of this guy. More of the pizza delivery guy who kind of, or the pizza delivery guy shows up and we mm-hmm. get a recall of him later. And then something, Tasha, that I think is so key to Home Alone, which kind of mm-hmm. gets overlooked, is remember in the kitchen scene when they all start arguing? Yeah. And then the milk spills. Yeah. The dad starts cleaning things up. He throws away Kevin's physical ticket. He does. Very subtle. Everyone's mad at Kevin. He gets sent up to the third floor. Kevin says he doesn't want to see his family anymore. And he lays in bed and says, I just wish my family would disappear. Mm-hmm. What a setup. What a setup. It's fantastic. It's just so much character work was done there. You see the, the dynamic of everyone and like the relationship between Kevin and his mom and what Kevin's capable of doing and how his entire family is mad at him. And I just love it. Yeah. And it's so kinetic, right? Like you follow Joe Pesci into the house and it's just a bustle of energy. And you're right. You get these little lands like the micro machines and you're leaving stuff in the house and how just everyone keeps talking about how Kevin's incapable of taking care of himself. And he's just such a child and everyone is so annoyed by him, including his own parents. And then that sets up the whole arc of the movie, which. Yeah. I mean, I always love movies and shows that start with a character in the exact opposite place where you end them. And this is that example because his whole lesson of the movie is to learn to be self-sufficient. And this is the exact beginning you want for a character who is not self-sufficient. Yeah. It's just great. It really does do a lot of character work. And then like pretty much everything done in that setup is paid off at some point throughout the Mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a perfect setup. Yeah, it's a perfect setup. Let's pivot and talk about Home Sweet Home Alone and then bring it all back together in this comparison because yeah. um, Home Sweet Home Alone is the, I don't know how many movies they've had. I stopped watching after one, to be totally honest, because mm. one was so, that's not true. I watched two and was like, oh God, no, and just stopped really? watching all of them. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a youngster, you you watched two and then you, you didn't yeah. like it? Mm-mm. It just wow. did not hold a candle to me to one, which was just so strong. Um, so I think this is the sixth installment. Oh, my God. I think so. Um, and it it starts, weirdly, not with the equivalent of the Kevin character, which is the little boy. Um, instead, you're starting with these parents, this this family, who is selling their house. They're, they clearly need money, and they don't really want to sell their house. You can tell that there's some difficulty in letting go of it as they're showing the house around during this open house. And it's to the it's so new that it's to the point that their kids don't even know that the parents are considering selling this house. So there's some money problems going on. And then you cut to the little boy, who's the face of all the posters, our kind of Kevin character, and he's in the car with his mom, and they're arguing, and it's funny. It's definitely funny. Like, their banter is is funny. And then the boy needs to pee, and so mom gets an idea. Let's go to this open house, pretend I'm going to buy a house, and you can pee there. And he does, mm-hmm. and then he has an interaction with this 
couple that you've just met and that you've entered the movie with. And because I've entered the movie with this couple and I feel bad for them that they have to sell their house, when the little boy starts being snarky to this yeah. couple, which he does, like there's a really fun sort of tete-a-tete between the little boy and the father um, the, and, and this couple <laughs> um, upstairs. And um it's it the the writing is great there but i also like this little kid is a punk and why is he treating the dad that way like he's an adult why is he so rude yeah and you do get a setup of sort of what the macguffin is of the movie which is dad sort of pulling down boxes out of the closet to get at some waters so that he can give to the people who are coming in and in that process reveals this box of classic antique dolls that he finds out later are worth thousands and thousands of dollars and that's going to save their house and then you sort of end the setup with because the the father and this little boy have had a -a tete-a-tete um and there's been some tension between them you end with the little boy sort of looking at one of the dolls like he's going to steal it like with this evil expression and then you're you're really kind of out of the setup yeah i i just want to say i think the reason i liked home sweet home alone by the way it is its own thing and they attempt to do something new and you're actually kind of rooting for the bad guys or yes. the good guys, which is really interesting. They walk this really fine line. And I thought it was like a great swing. And plus, there's a MacGuffin, Tasha. <laughs> there is a MacGuffin. There's no MacGuffin in the original Home Alone. It's no. just we got to go s- rob this house. That's that's it. Um, but yeah, there's a doll here. I don't know. I. It's a weird way in. Like I like the twist that we're entering through the the point of view of the parents. Um, of this couple. And I know that they were trying to find the heart there. Like mm-hmm. you want to empathize with this couple who's just trying to save their house, but it made me hate the kids so much that I didn't have fun in the fun stuff. Like in mm. OG home alone, I'm so with Kevin and I want him to succeed that when he's doing all these traps, like I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a blast. Meanwhile, when in Home Sweet Home Alone, when this kid is doing the traps, I'm like, no, I don't want that to succeed. I just want this guy to go into this house and get his doll so that he can have his house back. Why yeah. is this kid doing that to him? So it's yeah. not, it doesn't maybe position the story properly. So do you think it would be more effective to start with the kid and see him and, and then and then we get to know the parents? Yes, a thousand percent. Reboot? Home sweet home alone again. <laughs> Lost in New York. Yeah. I mean, even if like halfway through that movie, you find out that the parents actually have this really empathetic cause. I mean, how funny would it be if it's like a couple trying to break into the house and they are the couple from this movie who are really incompetent and they're very lovable and endearing. Yeah. But you're wondering what their deal is. And then you finally find out at the midpoint that, oh, they're trying to save their house and they think this kid has something. But one thing I'll say, which I think this movie could have maybe been salvaged with just a line or a moment that was slightly different, which is I never understood that the little boy was fighting back because he was genuinely scared of this yeah. these these two people breaking into his house. Like he thought they were here to kidnap him, which I did not understand as a, as a audience member. I thought he was just being a little punk, but he like later says, once he does get caught, like, you're going to kidnap me. You said I was an ugly boy and you were going to take <laughs> me. And they're like, no, the ugly boy was the doll that we thought you stole. And I think if that had just been clearer that the little boy thought he was 
going to be kidnapped, I might have been more on his side. Yeah, that's interesting. But I think we both, we were into Home Alone, right? Oh, we obviously okay. watched that at separate times. I mean, Home Alone, so Home Sweet Home Alone. Home Sweet me. Home Alone. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was funnish. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. I feel like, yes. listener, you probably are listening to this and you're like, what are they talking about? But give it a shot. That's oh, what no. Give say. it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a That's shot. It's an interesting way into a Home Alone movie, for sure, entering it that way. It's just um, the more I thought about it, the more I was curious why they did it that way and why they wanted us so much on the side of the parents instead of the kid. And again, it like that setup maybe could work completely fine if there was just some massaging of the little yeah. boy's story. So now kind of melding this together, going back to kind of the setup and payoff of the OG Home Alone and... I, I do think Home Sweet Home Alone, as you know, I liked it, but I, it's just missing some of the, the payoffs that happen a little bit later throughout a movie, mm -hmm. I think. Whereas Home Alone, and even to be honest with you, Home Alone 2, also written by John Hughes, who is a master at doing this, by the way, and one of like yeah. my favorite writers, his setups are unbelievable. And the payoffs that you get from these little moments are just like, it's like mind blowing. And it's mm -hmm. just a reminder to make every scene count. Yeah. I think that's so well said because I think that's what the new one is missing is making every scene count. Because by the end of the setup of Kevin McAllister in the OG, I know who Kevin is and I know who every single member of his family is. At the end of the setup of Home Sweet Home Alone, I still don't really know who this kid is, particularly in relation to his family. Mm -hmm. I know that they sort of don't listen to him, but what is his problem? What's his issue? I don't know. I completely know what Kevin's is. He's a little boy who doesn't take care of himself. Yeah. So what's the big lesson from both movies? I mean, I think it's going back to character and stop trying to write just a straight comedy. Um, it's what John Hughes does best, which is veil a character arc that's really strong in comedic things so i mean it i think it's i think it's remembering your arc of your character and making sure your setup is incredibly grounded in what that flaw is that you're working your character through and as long as you have that and show that in some capacity you'll be on board uh something else that was really well done you can get a lot of mileage out of your main character being around a lot of people in home alone it's the family members and the way that they treat him mm -hmm. kevin McAllister, and then in home sweet home alone it's the parents you're opening up at um you know the open house or whatever it is and you just get to see how people interact i love that thought it's such a great energetic way to start a movie and not have it feel like exposition because <laughs> like yeah. you're you're getting a, a feel for where the hell you are and it just feels so active and interesting and like everything is new to you and everything's sort of like eye candy because it's moving so quickly and yet you're learning a lot of information at the same time, which I think can work across genres as an option. I love actually starting my movies or shows in a state of confusion like for the audience where they they have to play catch up in some way of what's going on and yeah the, the og does a really great job at it can i ask you a general home alone question always is this one of those movies that can never be rebooted and what i mean by that is people will always just go back to the original home alone 
and say, that's best. That's the best one. Part of me wants to say will always be the best one because it's just a perfect movie. But that doesn't mean you can't have another perfect movie that encapsulates that same feeling. I will say that in looking at where the movies have gone since, John Hughes, as you say, one of the greats, he was so good at starting everything with character. That was always the thing that was most interesting to him. And he just happened to be extremely funny at the same time. But the movies after Home Alone, I think people got confused and thought what made it great was the comedy. Yeah. And that's not what made it great. It was you rooting for a character that you have fallen in love with and support. So if you just go back to that basic structure, then I think you can create another Home Alone movie, no problem. Wow. I don't mean to throw shade on all the other movies. They're just not my cup of tea. No, no, no. I mean, listen, there's no denying the fact that like the sequels, it really, it turns into how badly can we hurt the people breaking into the house? Mm -hmm. That's just, that's what it, and it gets goofy mm -hmm. and, and that's what kids start laughing at. Yeah. But Home Alone just happened to be that perfect balance of, for adults and for kids. Mm -hmm. You should do a Home Alone set in like a, a fairy castle. A fantasy castle? fantasy castle genius <laughs> yes in yes <laughs> he's a little bit of magic in there yeah some travelers come by they know there's magic they try to break in can i just say one of the more memorable moments in home alone og for me which is very bizarre given how awesome the movie is but something i always remember is when he's eating mac and cheese at the table by himself and he has his little candles and he's like he does this little prayer of like, thank you for all the things that I have. And then the clock goes off saying yeah. like, time to get to business. And there's something about that moment. Like that is like a completion of his arc in a way where he's become a little adult. Yeah. And he can completely take care of himself. And the reason I remember that is because it's completely about character and all the other stuff is super fun and very memorable but that has always stuck with me as an example of why that movie is so good and i can't think of any of those kinds of moments in any of the two through six that came yeah. after i agree and a moment that actually stuck with me in home alone og is you remember when he goes down in the basement and then mm -hmm. he sees like the oven or whatever it is and it's talking to him and it's his imagination yeah like that is so perfect because I used to have that as a kid. Anyone. Sure. I don't know if, you know, back in Wisconsin, Tasha, we had yeah. these things called basements. Yeah, we don't have down. those here. No, no, no. <laughs> and so you'd go down to the basement and you'd see like the washer and dryer and it's just weird electronics and all these crazy ass things. And it's scary. And it's like bugs everywhere. And it's just like spider webs and yeah. all this shit. Anyway, my point being is that then when he sees it later on in the movie, he tells it to shut up. And it's like, yeah, perfect. That's his growth. It's so freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Character. Character. Perfect movie. So yeah, if you watch Home Alone, when you watch Home Alone over this holiday season, and it's fun, and you're watching it for all the, like the like the goofy moments of Marv and Harry, just keep in mind the setup and all the payoffs that happen mm -hmm. throughout it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then watch Home Sweet Home Alone. And enjoy it, because you will. Yeah, it's very endearing. But acknowledge, acknowledge the difference. Just acknowledge it, and just be open-minded. That's very insightful of you. 
and very of the holidays. So good job. Wow. Is this it? Did we just do our greatest episode ever? (laughs) Short to the point. Go watch Home Alone. That was the episode. (laughs) Yeah. No big breakdowns. We're keeping this light. It's a holiday season. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch some Home Alone. Makes you feel good. All right. Quote of the day. Wow. Let's go. (laughs) Life is not always funny. Life is not always tragic. And to portray it realistically, it's got to have a mix of both. John Hughes. I love it. (laughs) Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Josh Hallman. Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify. Mm-hmm.